Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On today's Visitor's Edition, my guest is the Hall of Fame radio voice of Maryland football, Johnny Holiday. Johnny doesn't like the Terrapins' chances on Saturday, but he does like the direction of the program under new head coach DJ Durkin. We'll talk about that and more with Johnny in just a few minutes. First, my view from Section 17. The first playoff poll came out on Tuesday, and we were number three. Trailing number one Alabama and number two Clemson. We already know what it will take to stay in the top four. Just win out and we are in. It is as simple as that. Sort of. In reality, we can't look past this weekend's opponent. If you do, that's how you get beat. Or find yourself in a dogfight where anything can happen. Maryland comes to town this weekend with a 5-3 and three record. They lost in Bloomington last Saturday in large part because their defense could not get the Hoosier offense off the field. They gave up over 600 yards of offense, more than 400 of that on the ground. The D is bad, but the offense has some weapons. The bottom line, this is another opponent that has no business hanging around with Michigan. We have to come out and take it to them from the get-go and not let up. That's what championship teams do. So we shall see. Firefan is the new interactive sports app that I've been telling you about for months. It's free and will be available in the Google Play and iTunes stores later this month. It will change the way we watch our favorite teams. With FireFan, you are no longer an observer, but a participant. It's going to be amazing. There is still time to find out what FireFan is all about before it goes live. To register, get a sneak peek, or get more info, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. FireFan taking interactive sports gaming to the next level. Find out why. Johnny Holiday is one of the nicest guys in college football. He is also a radio legend. In the 50s and 60s, he was a big-time disc jockey in Cleveland and San Francisco. He was considered one of the best. Paul McCartney sure thought so. He asked Johnny to introduce the Beatles at their very last concert. Shortly after that, Johnny decided to stop spinning the hits and give play-by-play a try. He has been the radio play-by-play voice of Maryland football and basketball 
for over 30 years now. And he also hosts the Washington Nationals pre- and post-game shows on their television network. Not bad for a guy who will turn 80 very soon. Johnny has seen some very good coaches at Maryland in his time, and some that didn't last very long. He thinks DJ Durkin has a chance to be the man that will make Maryland a competitive team in the Big Ten East and a title contender. If they can keep him in College Park, he is in great demand. Johnny Holiday joins me next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze in Brew. Back with us this year on our game day segment as we get ready for Saturday's game in the big house against Maryland is the Terrapins' legendary radio play-by-play voice, Johnny Holiday. Johnny, great to have you back with us this year. Thank you. It's always nice to be with you. I wish I could talk about some good things that's happened recently for Maryland, but Saturday was a tough game at, uh, at Indiana. It was. I got to see bits and pieces of it, and then the recap, Maryland fell to Indiana in Bloomington on a windy day, 42-36, uh, in a game that the Terrapins led 21-16 at the half, 24-23 late in the third quarter, but the defense just could not slow down Indiana late in the game in the fourth quarter, could they, John? Well, they sure couldn't, Mike. It, it was a it was a record-setting day as far as the Terps were concerned. I mean, you know, when you lose a game 42-36 and you put up 517 yards of total offense, that's, that's a pretty good number. But mm-hmm. you gave up 600-and-something yards to Indiana, which is not a good number. They just couldn't stop the, the Hoosiers' running attack. They came out. They spread things out. They went... Uh, an awful lot of different formations that Maryland had never seen before. In fact, they, in fact, DJ Durkin told us after the game that everything they did, uh, they didn't really prepare for it, but he said you have to adjust to what the other team is doing. But they ran the Wildcat a lot. Uh, they ran no huddles, and uh, they've never done that at all in any game previous to the game against Maryland. So hats off to them for a terrific uh, performance. But as Coach said, uh, you just got, you know, you, you got to, Cut down on the mistakes. The mistakes are killing them, especially defensively. And you got to be a little bit tougher. And uh, you know, a lot of games still to be played. You got four games, two on the road, one against Michigan, and you got to have Ohio State back home. You, then you got to go to Nebraska, and uh, then we come back home against Rutgers. So even though they'll be underdogs these next three games, including Michigan, uh, who knows what can happen? I think a couple of years ago, we remember Maryland came into Ann Arbor and kind of shocked the Wolverines winning that one, I think 23-16, and all, the only one they've ever had in the series. But, uh, you know, that DJ Durkin's a terrific coach, as you know, and Jim Harbaugh's defensive coordinator there for a couple of years in Michigan. He's done a great job for us, and I know he's going to get this program right back up where it deserves to be and where the fans want it to be and they expect it to be. Well, on Saturday, Johnny, the uh, the Maryland offense moved the ball well against the Hoosiers, as you just mentioned, over 500 yards, which uh, most weeks uh, that would be enough. Uh, Ty Johnson went over the 100-yard mark. Quarterback Perry Hills was 22 for 33. Just not enough offense, Johnny, on a day when the defense just uh, was getting shredded. No, exactly. And and they couldn't come up with the big plays, which was unfortunate. And Indiana did that. It seemed like almost every third down play, Indiana was converting into first downs all afternoon long. And they just had the, had the tremendous numbers offensively and defensively. Even though they gave up 517 yards, they put up 650 total offense. And that's the most that Maryland's given up any game this year. I think the previous high was maybe Penn State 
and they had four something, but the defense has been the problem. It hasn't been the offense. They've been able to score points. They've got a lot of weapons. You mentioned Ty Johnson. He's got three career hundred yard games this season. He's only a sophomore. And the kid is absolutely terrific. Not only a, a great football player, but just a just a great young kid. And then the other running back that Maryland has, Lorenzo Harrison, he's a true freshman. Johnson's a sophomore. And both these guys interact. And Durkin will go. He'll go four or five running backs deep. Uh, offensively, they get the job done. It's defensively that they have to make adjustments and keep working and working to figure out a way that they can stop the other team's running attack. And so far, it it hasn't been as successful as I think they, they thought it was going to be. But there's a lot of young guys on that defense as well, a lot of young guys that are going to get better as time goes on. So, you know, you, you play with what you got. You can't go out there and pick somebody out of the minor leagues and bring them up. you got these players. They're doing the best they can. They're hanging in there, and they never give up. That's one good thing about it. And uh, things will get better, I think, in time. Well, you mentioned Ty Johnson had a big game against IU on Saturday. He's run for over 600 yards. Lorenzo Harrison is at 576 for the season. Those are good numbers, considering the offensive line has had some struggles. And when you and I were chatting on Friday, you mentioned something that sort of uh, blew me away, that four of those starters, or guys seeing significant playing time up front, are walk-ons. And in this day and age, that is uh, almost unheard of, Johnny. Yeah, it is. All four of those guys earned scholarships. Uh, the only non-walk-on on the offensive line is the center, and that's Brendan Moore. And he's only a sophomore kid from Texas. Uh, the rest of them have got the size. They've got the the weight, the height, the, all the credentials. Uh, I think they, the offensive line for Maryland averages 300, weighs 300 pounds from tackle to tackle. But it's, it's just... Uh, it's it's frustrating when you know what you have to do and you can't do it. And and the defense offensively, they know they got to protect Perry Hills more, which they've done so far. And I think the offensive line, all things considered, has done a pretty good job of keeping him upright. I think Perry might have been sacked uh, maybe twice yesterday by the IU defense and uh, against. Uh, uh, the week before, in the, in the last one they had, I don't think he got sacked even one time. I think he slipped down once uh, in the previous game. So they've, 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 they've done a good job of protecting him. It's just the fact that they're young, and uh, and I think they got to do a better job. Well, and the receiving core looks pretty decent, too. I was uh, watching D.J. Moore. I like him as a receiver. Teldrick Martin, He has. they both had 28 catches apiece this year. Laverne Jacobs has 26 grabs. No, no game breakers in that group, Johnny. But they've, no. been, they've been pretty effective so far, haven't they? Well, you know, Moore, Moore's got a he's got a streak of 15 consecutive games now with at least one pass caught. And the interesting thing about the receiving guys, there's about seven or eight guys that they alternate in there. And each one has got speed. Each one has got size. And they spread the ball around. Hills doesn't pick out one particular guy. Although the last two got three games, Lieburn Jacobs has been uh, just coming out of nowhere. He led the team in a receiving last year, most catches, most yards. And I think in the first four games this year, he might have had two catches, maybe three catches. In the last 
couple of games, he's had something like 23 catches now in the last three games, and he had four against Indiana. I think his longest was maybe 19 yards, but they do have a good good receiving core, very, very good receiving core, and as far as the running backs, you mentioned Johnson and Lorenzo Harrison, another kid you don't want to forget, and I think the Michigan fans will enjoy watching, Kenneth Goins Jr. He's a, he's a fullback uh, by, by trade and by nature, but they they run him in the tailback spot because there is no fullback in this offense, in this um, spread offense that DJ has, and he's got he's got more touchdowns this year than he had in his first three years combined. And uh, a short yardage plays, you can always count on Goins to get in there. Another terrific running back, uh, and if, in fact, DJ is keeping a lot of these kids in home. He doesn't want them to go out of say, out of state to other schools and and uh, Goins grew up in Baltimore, played for a great coach and uh Biff Pogey, mm-hmm. as you probably know well. Sure. And uh, Biff was a head coach at Gilman for many, many years and he's just one of the many products they have from that fine school in Baltimore, and he can get the job done whenever they call his number two. Well, we've talked a bit about the defense, Johnny, uh, over 600 yards on Saturday against Indiana. Michigan State gashed that defense uh, pretty good the week before. Other than Will Likely, who, of course, is one of the best corners and punt returners in the country, exciting player, this defense uh, needs help. I guess that's all you can say, and there's not much... There's not much DJ can do about that right now, is there? Well, you, you've got a you've got a linebacker who leads the team in tackles, and Shane Cockrell, who's a former fullback and a former quarterback. In fact, last year against Indiana, he played. He was the quarterback in the second half when Caleb Rowe, the backup guy, went down. Perry Hills did not play against Indiana last year, and uh, Caleb Rowe was the starter. He got hurt at the end of the first half. So Shane Cockrell, who was recruited at Maryland as a quarterback, came in, but he'd been a fullback, and now he's a linebacker, and he's the starting linebacker and the leading tackler on this team. And that right there says a little bit about the Maryland defense. Uh, the linebacking core is good. Brooks is outstanding. The secondary is young. But when you lose a guy like Likely, who did so many things for this team, not only uh, defensively but offensively, he ran the ball from time to time. They had him as a wide receiver. Uh, they had him as a defensive back. And a kid that's been all Big Ten the last couple of years, that's a major, major blow. Although he wasn't a very big kid, he was a kid that everybody looked up to, and he was a great example of what determination and focus and uh, good work ethic can do to get you a starting spot. He came out of Belgrade, Florida, a little guy, and nobody in his family had gone to school in a very, very tough environment he grew up in, and he was the leader of this football team defensively. He's gone. Now you got shuffling in that secondary. you got Josh Woods coming over there. Uh, you got other guys that are uh, – Tino Ellis, a freshman, had to come in and play yesterday. So it's it's been very, very tough to manipulate the personnel and try to fill some of these gaps. Jesse Annabonum, the defensive end, very, very good up front. Roman Braglio, the other defensive end, outstanding. But there just aren't enough of them yet – but I think in due time there will be. With us here in our uh, visitor segment this week as we get ready for a visit from the Terrapins on Saturday in the big house is their legendary radio play-by-play voice, Johnny Holiday. Johnny, Saturday's loss aside, D.J. Durkin's first year as head coach in Maryland. We all know he spent last year as a defensive coordinator here at Michigan. 
You know, I think if you told Maryland fans before the season you would be 5-3 and three heading into November, most of them would say, I'll take it. He's done a very good job in his first year, hasn't he, Johnny? Well, when you consider, Mike, he only Maryland only won three games last year. They won one game in the comp, and they went one and seven with Randy Etzel, and that didn't make it. That didn't cut it. Three and nine overall last year. Already five and three record. And a couple of those losses, in fact, the loss to Penn State, the loss to Minnesota, could have very easily been wins had Perry Hills been able to play. He got banged up in the end of the first half against Penn State. That pretty much took the air out of the sails. You could see it with the guys in the field that their leader goes down, and they just couldn't regroup after that. He didn't play against Minnesota. That game's certainly winnable if you got your starting quarterback in there. So the 5-3 and three could very easily be seven wins and only one loss, uh, the way that this team has played and how valuable he is. Uh, but still, people are very, very happy, and I think – the future is so bright. I love the way the guy, this uh, DJ Durkin, operates. I like his philosophy. I like the fact that the kids have really bought into his into his system. And the last couple of years, that wasn't the case at all. And he's got their trust. He believes in them. They certainly believe in him. And a perfect example, Mike, when they had the practice starting in August, uh, he stayed right there in the dormitories with all these kids and. And I asked him one time, I said, you know, most coaches don't do that. He said, well, I think you have to. When you take over a program, they don't know me, I don't know them. And the one thing he's done, he started from scratch. He said, I don't look at video from last year. I don't look at statistics. I look at what I see and practice from you guys. So you backups who backed up certain players last year, if you want to play for me, you show me in practice. And the guys that practice well, that's the guys that he starts. And he has no reservations whatsoever about red-shirting freshmen. He said, if a kid can play, he's going to play for me. And they do. He's played a lot of freshmen this year. But I think the fans have embraced him. Um, he's, you know, he not only coached for Jim Marbaugh, but also Urban Meyer and, and uh, you know, coached for Gary Blackney at, at the Bowling Green, which is his alma mater. He's a defensive-minded guy, so this, this giving up the total amount of yardage they've given up just has to grade on him something terribly, I'm sure, because, you know, his whole thing is defense. But he'll work on it, and he'll get this thing right, and... Uh, Everybody's got confidence in him. They love the way he's doing things, and he's a terrific recruiter. So many kids have already committed to Maryland. I think maybe next year he's already got the 14th or 15th best recruiting class in the country. That says an awful lot. He wants to keep these kids home to come to College Park, and so far he's getting a lot of blue chippers to come to this program. Well, Jim Harbaugh, of course, can't say enough good things about DJ. I think those two are cut from the same cloth, good friends. Yeah, You know, at Maryland, Johnny, you've seen them come and go over the years. Uh, does, your, does your gut tell you something different about D.J. Durkin, and he's going to be that guy that gets Maryland football competitive on a yearly basis? You know, I do, and I think back, I compare him to what we saw with Bobby Ross when Jerry Claiborne retired back in 1981 or so, and then Bobby Ross came in and took over the program, and all of a sudden everybody got excited. He came in 1982, and all of a sudden the offense began to click. They went eight games the first year, ACC champions the next year, and the following year, and the following year took them to bowl games, and he was the coach of the – I mean, he had all kind of things going 
and you couldn't buy a ticket to Bird Stadium. He'd had 50,000 fans there for every game. And then it's dropped off since then. Then Ralph Friedgen comes back and gets it done for a while. And the last five years have been uh, nothing short of of uh, lack of sensational. I wouldn't put that word next to what happened the last five years. But it's been anything that the fans, uh, they just didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. But when you get a guy like this in there, he's young. Uh, he's enthusiastic. He's worked for some great coaches, and he's not afraid either, Mike, to get guys who have experience, more experience than him on the staff. And I look at a guy like Pete Limbo, who's the head coach at Ball State for so many years, and he gave up a head coaching job to come to coach with D.J. Durkin. Mike London, the former head coach of Virginia, he's on the staff. He's got guys older than he is, with more experience than he has, and he's not afraid at all, not intimidated uh, whatsoever, in asking for their input and seeing how they did things and taking a little bit of what they did and applying it to his own philosophy. So I think I think he's going to be... Uh, extremely good as time goes on and the fans are just you know waiting for something to happen with football they're set in basketball mark turgeon's done a great job and people always talk about maryland's a basketball school yeah but maryland was also a football powerhouse in past days and i think that's what dj durkin wants to do get them back to where they were well, this Saturday, of course, the Terrapins visit the big house. One of the players I wanted to talk about that I like watching play is uh, quarterback Terry Hill. And when you and I were talking on Friday, you mentioned what a, a big, strong kid he is, former high school state wrestling champion. And when he came into Maryland, he was a, a run-first quarterback. That's changed. Talk about Terry, uh, Johnny, and what he brings to this offense. Well, I think uh, most people, when you look on the outside looking in and you look at the list of quarterbacks that – might start for Maryland this year, probably the second guy would be Perry Hills. I think a lot of people were in favor of Caleb Rowe, who was kind of a gunslinger, taking a lot of chances. He's got a gun for an arm, and uh, but he could also throw a lot of interceptions. So when Durkin takes over the program, he names early, he names Perry Hills to be his starting quarterback. And I asked him uh, early in the season, why is Perry your guy? And all of a sudden, the freshman started one game when Perry got hurt, and it wasn't Caleb Rowe. Uh, Tyrell Pigram is the freshman kid from Alabama, Alabama's Gatorade Player of the Year last year in high school. And he said the thing that you like about Perry Hills is his toughness. He's one of the toughest kids that he's ever coached. He said also his leadership ability. Everybody on this team, every member of the offense, believes in Perry Hills. Uh, the wrestling thing that we talked about earlier, state wrestling champion in high school. He worked in the offseason with Gus Farratt, the former Redskin quarterback, <clears throat> to improve his footwork and his agility and so forth. And he does like to run the ball, although I think this year, because of the shoulder problems he had earlier, he took a shot at uh, Central Florida, took a shot at South Florida, and he banged up his shoulder, then he got hurt again against Penn State. Now he's taking more knees than he's ever taken before, more sliding and avoiding contact. But still, he had two touchdowns against IU on Saturday, a one-yard run, a five-yard run. So uh, he, he loves to run the football at Ohio State last year. He had a 75-yard touchdown run uh, straight up the gut of the Buckeyes' defense. 
So, but I think he's matured in such a way that he knows if he wants to stay on the field and not have a harness wrapped around his shoulder or around his back or neck, that you can't run as much as you'd like to. You got to be smart, and that's that's the big difference in the Perry Hills of last year and this year. He's already got he got ten touchdown passes this year. He had eight all of last season. So he's throwing the ball much better. And he can still run the ball, which gives him another weapon. And so defenses don't, you know, get that secondary just licking their chops to pick off passes. His numbers really are pretty darn good. Uh, 93 for 140 uh, coming into this week. As you said, 10 touchdown passes, 66.4% uh, completions, and a uh, quarterback rating of 149.9. Uh, his uh, work uh, with Gus has paid dividends because uh, those are good numbers. Yeah, and I think he, he started yesterday's game against, or Saturday's game against Indiana as the number one completion guy in the Big Ten, 66% of his passes completions. And then uh, against Indiana, he had, he had his best day throwing the football. Uh, 236 yards is not bad, 22 of 33. And the two touchdown passes, you rushed for two as well. So that's a pretty good number. And they rushed. The one thing about not only is Perry Hills a good quarterback, but when he's running the offense the way it should be run with the spread offense and hoping to wear the other team down, uh, they go no huddle, as you well know. 414 yards rushing, that's a season high for this football team. And you still lose a game. And last year, Indiana put up a lot of points against the Maryland, and they put up 42 again on Saturday. So it's the problem, I don't think, is Perry Hills at all. The problem is basically they have to get better uh, defensively. But Hills is a leader. He's a tough guy. He's a, he's a very humble guy. Um, he's just a he's a good pro type quarterback. I think if he wants to try to take it to the next level, this offense is going to have to pick up the slack for the defense against Michigan's uh, defense. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I was looking at uh, the story of their win over Michigan State. I saw a couple of highlight clips and. I mean, you talk about a team with no weaknesses. If they're maybe not the number one team in the country, I don't know who is. But you never know what can happen. I mean, that's that's the great thing about college football. You go in there, and uh, even though you're an underdog, you can still somehow, some way, pull off an upset. And I think back, Mike, to our days back in the 80s when Bobby Ross was coaching. We'd go down to Miami and play the Hurricanes. I think they were number six number five in the country at that time and come out with what at that time was the greatest comeback win in the history of Division One college football. We were down 31 nothing at halftime. He <laughs> came back to win that game uh, 42-39, and it was one of the best victories Maryland's ever had. So, you know, funny things can happen. The bounce of the football, but one team doesn't take the other team as seriously as they should. But uh, certainly on paper, Michigan's got to be a heavy favorite in this game. And But I know DJ, one thing about DJ, we brought it up to him in his postgame visit with us. Uh, he's not looking any more forward to this game than he will the Ohio State game or the Nebraska game. He said, you can't do that. You can't put too much emphasis on we have to win this one. Uh, this is the game of the year. Uh, if we don't win this, we're in deep trouble. You can't do that kind of stuff because then what do you do the next game when, when the season's not over? But you know that deep inside, every member of this team knows how much this game would mean to him to go back there and, and show his former head coach that you know he's done a pretty good job with Maryland and he made the right move to take over a program. 
And, uh, you know, who knows what can happen. But they're going to have to play without question their best game of the year, offensively and defensively, and somehow, some way, you know, shut down this Michigan offense. I was looking the the fact that I think the fewest points that you guys have scored was 14 against Wisconsin. Right. In a 14-7 win. And since that time, nobody's held you to less than 32 or 34 points. That's incredible. Incredible. So it'll uh, it'll be very interesting, but I know how much he's looking forward to returning to Ann Arbor and seeing all of his friends and people that uh, supported him when he was the defensive coordinator there and defensive line coach, and I know he'll he'll look forward to it. Well, a final thought, Johnny, and then we'll let you get going. After Saturday, the Terrapins uh, play Ohio State at home, Nebraska right. on the road, then come home to end the season with what should be a very winnable game against Rutgers, which would make them bowl eligible. You know, getting that sixth win would be huge for this program in the first year under DJ Durkin, wouldn't it? Well, the thing is, when you look at the next three opponents, Ohio State seven and one, Nebraska seven and one, Michigan eight and zero. Oh, so you've got uh, you know you've got twenty two and two the record for the next three opponents. That's pretty tough. The Terps haven't gone to a bowl game in two years when they went out to Palo Alto and uh, played Stanford in that Levi's Bowl in in uh, Palo Santa Clara, California. So uh, it would be uh, right now when you have five wins already in the books, people are saying, man, this guy's turned things around. But he's not interested in having a five-win season. He wants to get six, seven, eight if he can. Uh, that would have been a big, huge win over Indiana. That would give him six right there. And now, realistically, you don't know what can happen these next three, but it may come down to that last game against Rutgers to determine if you get that sixth one or not. And if he, if he was able to do that, I think fans would be extremely happy and know that this is just a stepping stone to what will be better things in the future. So, But you got to take care of business before you can get – you can't worry about Rutgers. you got to worry about Michigan. And now you're going to figure that thing out. And then uh, Ohio State and – you know, then you take a shot at Nebraska, too. Well, and we'll see starting this Saturday as uh, the Terrapins pay a visit to the Big House. With us on our visitor segment this week has been the legendary radio voice of Maryland football and basketball, uh, Johnny Holiday. Johnny, always a pleasure to have you on the show, and we uh, we look forward to seeing you and having another visit with you soon. Thank you very much. Always good to be with you, and we look forward to coming to Ann Arbor. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze in Brew. On Quick Hits today, no big news on the injury front this week. We are pretty much at full go for Maryland. Here are some game day notes of interest. Michigan is 4-1 and all-time in this series. The first meeting with the Terrapins was here in Ann Arbor on September 28th of 1985, a 20 to nothing win for Michigan. Last year we played at Maryland and shut out the Terrapins 28 to nothing. DJ Durkin is in his first year as head coach, 
and his team is 5-3 and three heading into this weekend's action. They have seven starters back from last year's team on offense and five on defense. Their last bowl appearance was the Foster Farms Bowl in 2014. They lost to Stanford 45-21. They need just one more win to get bowl eligible, and that won't be easy. After Michigan, they return home to play Ohio State and then head to Nebraska the next week. Rutgers will visit College Park for the season finale and should be the sixth victory the Terps need to get bowl eligible. The weatherman says it should be a good day for football on Saturday. Partly cloudy, dry, with temps in the upper 50s, flirting with 60. For November, it doesn't get much better than that. My free show app is now available in the Google Play and iTunes stores. It's going to be an exciting month with some great guests, so if you don't have the show app, check it out. You can also hear us on iHeartRadio. Just do a search for The Michigan Man and add us to your favorite shows. FireFan is the new interactive sports app that I've been telling you about for months. It's free and will be available in the Google Play and iTunes stores this month. It will change the way we watch our favorite teams. With FireFan, you are no longer an observer, but a participant. It's going to be amazing. There is still time to find out what FireFan is all about before it goes live. To register, get a sneak peek, or get more information, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and leave your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com, and don't forget to leave your cell number. FireFan, taking interactive sports gaming to the next level. Find out why. Next week, we hit the road for a night game against a very good Iowa team. They play Penn State in Happy Valley this week, and if they are able to win there at night, it will tell us a lot about our next opponent. On Tuesday, I hope to have John Borton from TheWolverine.com on with us to recap Maryland and scout Iowa. Then on Thursday's Visitor's Edition, we'll get to know the Hawkeyes a bit better when we are joined by their fine radio play-by-play voice, Gary Dolphin. It will be another busy week, so make sure you join us. That will do it for our Maryland Visitor's Edition. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next time, take care, enjoy the Maryland game, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!